Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Lions Guy podcast, where we take on topics in performance and personal growth by exploring the success stories of our guests and the lessons they've learned. I interview other subject matter experts and also review books and other resources to help us all establish clarity, build courage, and lead the way. I'm your host, Dale Walls. I'm the founder of Lions Guide. And on this episode, we've got returning past guests, not just one, but two. I've got author Craig Stanlin, uh, who wrote uh, uh, Blank Canvas, and then uh, Ultra Habits podcast host, RJ Singh. And on this episode, which turns out to be uh, at least a part one episode of this conversation, uh, we weren't done with it. So we got into it today pretty good. And then uh, we're going to uh, circle back up and keep the conversation going. But Craig, RJ, and I have a discussion about being a high performer. And uh, we wanted to hop on and just kind of have a conversation about tactics, but uh, rightfully so, once we got into it, this episode quickly and deeply dove into mindset. Uh, so this is part one of our open discussion about what it takes to be, be a high performer, and it does. It really starts with uh, having the right mindset, uh, even before knowing what tactically to do. So it really turned into an awesome conversation. So this is part one. And uh, if you like the sound of that, hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss any of our other great guests and content. This podcast is always sponsored by Lions Guide. And if you've been tuning in and getting value from the show, then do yourself a favor, go out to lionsguide.com, sign up for the member community. There's all kinds of free content out there for you, reading lists. You get access to all the podcasts, even the ones that haven't been released to the platforms yet. Uh, We've got uh, virtual training that we've been doing. Uh, You know, we've got various folks coming on talking about um, giving lectures, you know, talking about uh, things they've learned in more of a lecture format a little bit uh, deeper than the uh, podcast format that you listen to here. We're just just kind of chopping it up uh, a little bit more structured and so on. Uh, We've got the uh, private online group out there to engage with other members and a whole lot more. So uh, joining the pride, it's free and it's all out there for you to help break out of your rut and break through to the next best version of yourself again by establishing clarity building your courage, and being the true leader of your life. So check it out now. Go to lionsguide.com and join today. With that said, let's start the show. guys hey welcome back to another episode of lions guy podcast and today we've got two uh, prior podcast guests uh, two of my favorite people in the world i got mr craig stanlin reinvention architect author of blank canvas which i just wrapped up man i was like it's one of these things man like you and mike maltesta like yours are stories you know i read a lot of like leadership personal development stuff but i love getting into the story so we maybe we'll, we'll bounce around that a little bit too now that I'm, I'm even more in tune to your story. And then we got RJ Singh, uh, host of the Ultra Habits podcast. And like I said, both these guys have been on. Craig was on episode 22, and then RJ came on uh, Lions Guy podcast episode number 28. Guys, thanks for being here. How are you guys doing? Dale, thank you so much for having us. RJ, good to see you. I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, for sure. And if fun- funnily enough, I think I had you guys on my podcast in pretty close succession too so whilst we haven't met i haven't met you guys certainly i'm here in australia i feel like i know so much about you so i really am going to enjoy this forum yeah so real quick um craig we'll start with you uh give everyone the two 30 second drill who you are what do you do i am craig stanlin i live in connecticut and i'm a reinvention architect and mindset coach 
And what I really do is focus on helping my clients connect with meaning and fulfillment in the second half of their lives. And I'm also in the process of writing my second book, which is going to play into this conversation that we're going to have about habits. Sweet. RJ? There you go. Uh, RJ Singh, founder of Ultra Hobbits. We are primarily a executive learning platform. The podcast is how we drive our message. So we are focused on helping executives within the business professional community kind of evolve from a mind, body, spirit complex. Really, what they didn't teach you in business school to perform at your peak, we are trying to fill the gap. In terms of what I'm doing, I'm in the process of trying to develop a online course with experts like yourself, Craig, Dale, facilitating a module, all habits orientated. So continue to watch this space. Sweet. Yeah, no, you knew it. You, you hit it, right? Like the stuff we're going to talk about today. Hey, I don't know about you. I, I got inspired by a lot of my high performance mindset through podcasts. I mean, it's one of the things that kind of inspired me to kind of be what I call a soldier in a good fight, which is like the, over the past 10 years, the different content I was digesting was mindset transformational because you're, you're not getting taught this in school. You, you've got to learn it. And when you're, you know, what I like to say, leading the way and solving your own problems, we all find ourselves right back on the same path of high performance, high performance habits and so on. So RJ, we'll, we'll stick with you real quick. Like what's, what's, what's being a high performer? When we say that, what does that mean to you? Just on that, I think you're, you nailed it, right? Like for me, I was at a point where I was professionally, I had ticked the boxes. I had gotten kind of equity in a company that was growing. I thought that was the be all and end all and started to get quite flat, right? Like, okay, well, where do I go from here? And it was through access to podcasts, primarily the Rich Roll podcast, where I really identified with his story, alcoholic, he was a runner. And even though I never met him, he kind of provided a roadmap for me as to where I wanted to go. So that's the power of mentorship that you can get from not even meeting someone and just kind of watching what they do and how they move and groove. So I just wanted to say that now in terms of your question, high performance to me is a kind of holistic approach to, uh, you know, this mind, body, spirit, uh, um, evolution where we look to enhance all areas of our lives. So for me, high performance isn't being overly involved in one segment, let's say work or your business at the suffrage of, let's say your family life. So it's about how do I evolve and how am I intentional in all aspects of my life? And then what are the habits, behaviors, and attitudes I bring into that, that enable me to kind of be the best I can be in that particular space, right? So it's a real overall approach. And I think what I've seen over, you know, the last few years is a hustle hard, grind hard mentality and a real superficial view on what some would call high performance, but to me it's just workaholism or kind of obsession mm -hmm. or another form of addiction. Yeah. I'll pass it to you, Craig. Thank you, RJ. And I'm going to be very similar to yours. I see it very much as a, um, a holistic approach. Uh, where I look at a, a high performer is connecting with one's calling, something that provides meaning in their life and almost putting that as the, the North Star 
and then creating balance around that. Because if you're only going gung-ho on your calling, but your family life is suffering and family is a core value, that's going to be really, you're going to be living in, uh, you know, in, without congruence. Uh, I know Dale loves that word and he introduced, I love that word. Um, but, yeah. to, you know, we want to have that balance. So it's connecting with that calling and looking at the different pillars in our lives, whether that be spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, and doing all of the things that we can within those parameters, in a sense, to fuel that calling, to keep everything going. Because, you know, for me as a writer, the more interesting things that I do, the better my writing becomes. Mm. The more I push myself in the gym, I actually become a better writer because of that, because of challenge, going out and traveling, experiencing, seeing different things, seeing something that is makes me feel small, standing in front of the ocean, let's say, going at the foot of a mountain. All of those things fuel not only the balance of my life, but my calling. And that to me is a high performer. I, yeah, and I, I'll throw in there like I use that analogy of if you're the if if your life were a business, you're the CEO. So you can't let any one department fail, or else the whole company is going to suffer, right? So you can't be hyper focused on sales and forget about service because new businesses are going to come in the front door and fall out the back door, right? You're not going to win, um, or you can't be all about sales and service and forget about HR because now culture is going to say, now you think about those things. Now that's the equivalent of your career, your, you know, your, your wealth and your family and these things, and your health and your wellness, right? All those are just departments, man. And guess what? You're responsible for all of them, you know, and you've got to keep, make sure they're all in tune or else you're, you're going to feel the consequences in some way. And, 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 and I think a word maybe I didn't hear you guys say it, but I think it's important is like to, to still maintain your joy in life, right? To, to go get your goals accomplished um, and, and be bold, to go accomplish big goals, but still love yourself and people still love you and still have these things around you. And because if, what what is it for if you're not, you know, freaking feeling a joy, so to speak? That's one of That's one of the most critical elements. And I'm glad that you brought that up is to have that joy because without it, why are we doing all this? You know, and I think that joy, when we really experience that, it ripples out into all the other areas of our life. It improves our friendships and our family and our work relationships, works on one on one with clients or whatever we may be doing. But it really is to to give ourselves that permission to really love ourselves and love ourselves through the process of what we're doing. Well, and you you hit on that in your book, right? You're part of your story where before shit hit the fan for you. Like you, you were there that it seemed like it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like you were hitting that juncture with your wife at the time that we were like, man, all this other stuff is superficial. Like we need to go travel and, and experience because I think it sounded like you were hitting this point where it's like, it's not all about the money. Like joy doesn't come joy. Uh, money may be the means to, to have the means to go experience some of this, but it is not the joy in itself is not there per se, right? Because you can work the 80, 120 hours a week and you have all the money in the world. But if you're not enjoying it, whatever. But but it's it, am I right, Craig, you were kind of finding that that moment. It, it came to a real inflection point. And it actually uh, was when I sat down and did the math on how much we were spending on going out dining. And it was close to 4000 a month. Mm. And it was just, you know, that was wine and, you know, food and all the, you know, eating at the finest restaurants. And just realizing that that money could go towards 
other experiences, mm-hmm. you know, longer experiences, trips, we could cultivate some real meaning. And, you know, as opposed to just chasing that quick dopamine shot of fancy meal after fancy meal, you know, just chasing wine bottles in a sense, but to really create something different. And that was, that was a turning point for me. It was a little bit too late that I started realizing it and the shit still hit the fan, but it was, that was the, the beginning of my understanding of what's important in life. RJ, I know for you, you were always a, a high performer, even athletically. And it seemed like you even use like your high performance skills, like on the in the dark on the dark side, right? because the your high performance skills can go towards something, right? Being a high performer, we want to be on that that solid path. But but RJ, what about you? Like, where, where do you think like, where you are today, as far as a high performer, like that trigger kind of set in and yeah, it's an interesting one. So I was always hyper-focused. Uh, you know, I remember back in the day when I was doing what I was doing, uh, you know, selling drugs, like I, I would be up at 5, 5.30 a.m. and I would be hyper-focused on the moves I'd be making throughout that day. And, you know, I was very intent on executing whatever my plan was, as chaotic the, as the environment was and as drunk as I probably was throughout the whole day. But the reality was reflecting back, I was very driven, very focused, but I didn't have, uh, I didn't, I wasn't dialed in. I wasn't tuned into the, the right way of living. Right. So for me, having a framework and having kind of a system for life is really important because if I don't have one, I'm all over the shop and I tend to gravitate towards the dark, right? There's, there's a beast inside me. And it's there today. I can, I can feel it. I can see it. And for me, I need to learn how to channel it, how to temper it, how to use spirituality, how to use physicality, how to use, um, you know, mindset training, all this wonderful stuff and all the information that we have access to today to continue to temper and refine myself. I just, I want to unpack what Craig talked about as well. I think it's really important, right? Like we, we talk about meaning, you know, like, you know, I was having a conversation with someone about this the other day, and I'm sure you guys are aware of that study that was done with young parents of young children, right? Where they did some research and they found that young parents didn't find the rearing of young children enjoyable or pleasurable or even fun most of the time, but they derived a deep sense of meaning. Mm. And, you know, what we may think is enjoyable at the time, you know, cracking those wine bottles or those ridiculous trips or whatever we are doing to try to make ourselves feel better than where we're at isn't necessarily what gives us meaning. And I'm even on that journey myself in terms of, you know, uh, you know, like I also am in the business world currently and a lot of that stuff is easy, but it doesn't give me meaning. And it's kind of reaching a crescendo too, right? Because we go through different iterations in our own life where we have this desire to be more congruent and to at what point, okay, there's the the money. It's like, okay, well, the money's there, but I'm also, you know, time is probably the most important resource. And how do I want to be spending that time? And I'm with Craig, like I want to be spending my time on what derives and what really gives me a deep sense of meaning and purpose. I think, RJ, some, something you said in there, there's a couple things um, that hit me was talking about that dark side, 
Um, you know, I have that too. And I think that is very much what Carl Jung was talking about with our shadow and our shadow self and really acknowledging that, that it exists, trying not to repress it and saying, yes, I see you and creating some positive habits that allow that to come out, you know, because if we start trying to shut that down, that's when all hell breaks loose. And if we try to put that, push that shadow into a closet, that's bad news. I was very similar, I think, to you. You know, I was hung over half the time, but when I was committing the fraud that ended up landing me in prison, I was an efficiency machine. I was a habits machine. You know, the FBI actually said to me, you know, who else was involved in this? I said, nobody. And they said, bullshit. There must have been 30 people running this fraud. And I said, no, it's just me. And they're like, no way one person could have done all this. And it was just, you know. Like, no, man, I'm a high performer. Performance <laughs> <laughs> is agnostic, man. Right? Like you could serve powers of yeah. ill. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it, and that's that's why I think it's so important that you brought that up, and Dale, that you you initiated that. I think it's just so important that it can be, you know, where do we direct those energies? What is the intention that we want to put behind our actions? Because we can we could take we could take the same identical action, but if our intention is a negative one, the energy behind that's so different. But if we have a positive intention behind that, it gives us that meaning, it gives us that joy. And I think that's a huge differentiator. And in, in when you when you started applying your high performance mindset to, I'll say the the good North Star, how did life change for you? Right, you know, you were hyper. You got you both had paths of high performance towards the dark side. You're letting a monster run loose, and but now we're talking about you know you're using you, you know the good wolf, let's say. And how 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 has that changed things for you? Kind of being on this path. Well, I, I think our, our Craig and I are different in the sense that, and I'll, I'll, I'll let Craig speak for himself, but I think Craig had initially good intentions in his career and then found himself on a certain path. It's like a slippery slope, right? Like mm. for me, you know, like I remember sitting there with a friend that was selling drugs and we were having beers at his house. And I must have been like 23 or 24 and I just said to him, I said, I love this shit. I absolutely love this. Like there is nowhere else I'd rather be than in this chaos. Now I paraphrase, right? Like, and he was just like, God, he looked at me cause he was doing the same thing, but he realized like I was on another level, right? Like I think I had, and even at the age of 17, I remember having conversations with friends that I was selling weed with, like they were like, dude, you're on a different level with this in terms of. And what, for me, what it was, was they were, it, this was something they were doing for me was a sense of identity. Mm. I was deriving power from this mm. because I was feeling powerless and hopeless. This gave me a deep sense of meaning. And even though it was bad, it gave me meaning. Uh, and so I was extremely driven in this space. Now, when I started to shift that behavior, it was a long journey coming to Australia, long journey, right? What started to happen was I started to do well in the, in the business world and people started to say, ha, wow, you're, 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 you know, you're great. You're unique. Like I paraphrase, like I started to get accolades from my environment. And then I think what I started to do was I realized that I could build this new sense of identity 
and it was actually appropriate. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, wow, this is great. Like I, I started to derive that same level of meaning I had years ago in the streets, but I'm not getting arrested for it. Yeah. This is fantastic. Right. Like, and I could use my mouth and talk shit and get paid for it without breaking the law. Like wh- this wasn't too different from a skill set perspective, if you know what I'm saying, but yeah. like, I'm getting like accolades. Like people are like, wow, you're really good at this shit. Like you're different. I'm like, wow. Okay. And this is what I didn't realize was happening now in hindsight was I started to gravitate towards, okay, this is where I'm going to build this new sense of identity. And that and I was off. For me, things really, so pr- prior to being arrested by the, uh, the FBI, I always said, if you asked me what I wanted, I would have said freedom. And I thought that by achieving a tremendous amount of money and success that I could buy freedom. And I just didn't realize how futile that was. And that's, that's all I was chasing was this supposed freedom. After all, hell broke loose and I lost everything. And I started channeling that energy into something that um, gave me more meaning, you know, the coaching, the writing, speaking, all of those things. I got the freedom that I wanted because really what I was looking for, freedom and peace are two sides of the same coin for me. And I achieved that level of peace because I'm doing what it is that I'm meant to do. And all of my habits support that. And I was realized it doesn't have to do a damn thing with any money. It doesn't have to do anything with a job title. It's nothing to do with me calling myself a writer. It's none of that. It's just sitting my butt in the chair and, and writing every single day, working with clients and just learning and challenging myself to, to understand myself better so I can help them better. That is... There's just a level of peace. I'm no longer, we were talking about something before and made me think about uh, this, this term that I coined called the golden treadmill. And that really is, we jump on the golden treadmill when we're doing work that is not fulfilling, but it gives us the, um, the status, the prestige, the power, the materialism. And we just keep sprinting, thinking that we're going to fill that hole inside of us, but we never will. You know, you're just going to, you're going to stay on that treadmill um, it forever. And there's, you know, a couple of different options I see for that treadmill, but I actually was able to, I, life knocked me off and now I'm not no longer on it. And I had that peace and to, you know, be a little cliche, I'm on the path that I want to be on. And that's how things changed. And, and how much Craig for you was that, was the circles, right? You know, because uh, it feels like, as I love the, that analogy of the golden treadmill, right? Because you see it, I've seen it, I've, I've, I've got it near me, um, just for for reasons of, of my journey. I've I've never felt congruent with it, right? I, I come from nothing, so like, the, I, but I feel like it seems like some folks are just in this imaginary race. That's bullshit. It's bull. They, they're just in this race about the latest car, the house, the the boat, the, the just. But. And and and, I, and I've been told this by people like that don't have money or or just work middle class jobs or whatever. It goes, oh, it's easy to say something like that when you don't when you've got money. And I go, eh, maybe, but maybe you should listen too when you're trying to say, hey, it's not all about the money. Exactly what you're trying to say, right? It's not all about the money. It, it, but back to the question, like, is it because of that that influence circle that is all about that about the big thousand dollar dinner? You know, the the where where did you eat at this weekend? Where are you going now? Like is is a part of that treadmill just the influence that that's around you? Like what you're seeing and trying to keep up? Absolutely. For me, well, I'll speak for me. Um, and I can speak for my, my clients as well. But it's definitely um, it is the circle that we're around. It could be the environment that we're in. I lived 
next door to literally one of the wealthiest towns in the world, Greenwich, Connecticut. And that's where I spent the majority of my time. And I was, I was competing with, I did very well, but I was competing with billionaires. You know, you, you drive down Greenwich Avenue and Aston Martins are like Hondas. You know, the $3 million Ferrari Enzo's parked on the street. It's, you know, ridiculous. And that's what I was trying to keep up with. And I also think that a huge part of that golden treadmill is the shoulds and expectations of society, family, and friends. You should get a corporate job. You should climb the corporate ladder. You should do this. You should send your kids to this school. You know, you should live in this neighborhood. All of these things really following somebody else's blueprint. And yeah. that's, that's why you're not, you know, that's why you're not living in that congruency. And that's why a lot of times where I think when we get to that middle uh, point of our life, you know, that midlife crisis starts kicking in because we've followed somebody else's blueprint and we're like, what the hell? Where's all the joy and the fulfillment? It's, it's and your, not your here. why. Your why was all jacked up, right? Like your why, like, you know, around here, it's a big thing, like house on the water. And people ask me, like, I still live in the house. I still live in the house I built when I got out of the Marine Corps. People are like, why? Why don't you have the house on the water? Like, why is a good reason? Like, why? Why would I? You know, why? Why do I want to pay, you know, in, in tax what I pay on my mortgage right now? Right. Like in, in property. And, you know, like so it feels like but 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 the questions being asked, like to show all like to show what you've got and and i don't know i think and i think i've been fortunate right because i i could have fallen in some of those traps of going and buying a million dollar property to say i have it you know what i mean like it's 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 that stuff that i think some people are just are I, I, and again the golden treadmill thing they're they're just there and they're chasing the wrong things and don't even have a re good reason for it other than their surroundings i i think it's really really important to not fall into the luxury trap and to maintain a Spartan-like mindset, right? Like, because simplicity, you know, simplicity in the face of the fact that you could be extravagant is a form of discipline. Hmm. Yeah, it's a form of tempering yourself. And I think like, you know, I've got old ass cars, right? Like I will not buy a new car until that shit dies. Like one of the electrics aren't working. The other day, my wife was like looking at me like with that look, cause it's like the back door, you gotta go through the front. Like, we, you know, we got babies, you gotta pull out from the front. It's just messy, right? Like you don't know when it's gonna happen either, right? And so, but it's just, to me, it's like uh, in AA, in Alcoholics Anonymous, we talk about ego deflation, intentional ego deflation. You use opportunities to deflate your ego and it keeps you stronger. It keeps you stronger when you can test yourself and challenge yourself and ensure that the noise of the world does not pull you towards it and you are able to stay on your own mat. But that takes a real deep sense of self-knowledge. We don't all just get there from day one. I mean, we've all paid the price of trying to keep up with the Joneses in some way, but it takes real maturity and confidence. Like I see it with my four and a half year old, right? Like he goes to school. I can see the powers of influence already pulling him. Part of me wants to tell him, make your own path. Like I want to instill my level of confidence. Like you play the way you want to play and let others come to you. Right. Like, but he's a child, right? Like he's going to go through that experience of needing to be part of and, and, and that's the human journey, right? That's the human experience something I want to talk about that you guys touched on. Like personally, I'm going through that and there's more happening in this space. I, I was in a board 
meeting the other day with my team and I'm, you know, we're looking at another five year journey. And I was kind of like, oh, and I'm sitting there and we're talking about what seems to be exciting everyone, <laughs> Co- you know, corporate structures and functional departments. And, and I'm like, I just had this real, it, it's been coming, but I just had this real moment of clarity sitting in this meeting, like, wow. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just not me anymore. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm at, maybe it's because I've hit 40 too, right? Like I'm at this stage of like autonomy, wearing a dress and running down the street if I want to with a fucking tutu is what's more important to me than anything. Time is my most important resource right now. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming increasingly clear. I just felt like I wanted to throw that out there because for me, what you guys are talking about is actually quite relevant. Right yeah. It, it, and it's too, it, it's maybe it's and I'm glad we're talking about it because it's that realization and Craig was talking about, there's a distinct difference between being wealthy and being, having personal freedom right now. One yes. can lead the other, but what we're saying is seek personal freedom and personal freedom doesn't mean you got, Three million bucks in the bank and the big house and the nice cars and the garage full of other ones that you never drive because there's truth to the mo money mo problem like the more like i again back to it i know having all that crap just means i got more crap to worry about and i want less crap to worry about i'm i'm getting rid of stuff right now because <laughs> i want like i'm sure you guys watch like the minimalist or whatever like yeah i I, I impart envy those guys now obviously they don't have a wife and kids like i do um because i'm not winning the battle at home like hey let's buy the rv throw the kids in it and homeschool i'm not winning that battle right now but damn if i wouldn't do it it might be if jody said sounds great we'd be gone in a week i mean like yeah see you bye list this place and let's roll because because but it's to that right i would rather just go live free like so even now like trying to detached from some of like uh i'll say the work of having a lot of material possessions there's, there's like a lot of extra work to maintain this stuff you know um and maybe you maybe you've got to watch the minimalist to kind of get this perspective that i'm trying to throw down but um i just know the less i have the happier i am like it's the less i have to worry about the less clutter i have in my head which back to high performance, like gives me more energy. Like I've got more energy to put into things that I know I care about that I want to be doing. Um, and that, that, that excites me, you know, just that personal freedom element, you know, getting that. What I, what I hear from that, uh, Dale, and correct me if I'm wrong, is just, you know, you really, you're very clear on what you want and it could be that peace. It could be that freedom. And you understand that all of those additional things are going to chip away and erode at that. And you value your peace yeah. and your freedom much higher than that. And I have to say, for me, prison taught me how little I need to live. Yeah, you know, you're in a tiny, <laughs> you're in a little tiny little cube, and you've got just a storage locker and five hooks on the wall, and you don't have a lot of stuff. And it was funny to watch other people who were still in acquisition mode inside uh. prison, still acquiring like, hey, I got the a stamps. bottle of stamps. I got a bottle of olive oil. You know, a little bit of contraband, you know, that they were so but like I just gathering all these things. I said, Wow, I don't want that. I I want as little as possible because when I prior to the arrest, you know, managing a five-figure Amex bill every month, and you know, I had all these fancy watches that I love I love them. You know, I do have a passion for them, but they're automatic and they need to be worn so that they tell the correct time. 
I can't wear eight watches at the same time. So I've got all these, you know, it's a very small example, but they need to be maintained so that they're telling the right time. So they do what they're meant to actually do. That's just another cog that I have to keep track of. And that's having all those things, having multiple cars. It's just, it, it took away from the peace and the freedom that I said I wanted. It creates and that's kind of what I heard fatigue. from you. Men- it, it absolutely does. It, yeah. it creates mental fatigue. I mean, it really does. Like, you and it's funny i think you just have to go through that journey i think maybe it's an age thing like maybe how you grow up as well can influence and help and shape that right but like if you grew up with parents that were really like in tune with minimization and whatever but yeah you're right it just creates mental fatigue for sure Hey guys, Dale here, and I wanted to take a quick break to invite you to join the launch of the Lions Guide community called The Pride. You see, whether it was at work dealing with the demands of the day or maintaining the demands of my life at home, I always seemed to feel like my struggles were unique, like somehow I was the only one struggling to find joy amidst all the weight that I felt I was carrying each day. And you know what I've come to realize is that we all have our struggles that we're up against, and it's pretty demanding. The only way to rise to those demands is to decide and make the change to adopt a growth mindset, to be what I call a high performer. And that's why I started Lion's Guide. I want to help you break through to the next level of you and your ability to not only meet but exceed those demands on you and in doing so, find your joy again. If you're a growth-minded individual ready to make a change, then I'm here for you. And this is how you get started. I invite you to visit lionsguide.com and sign up to join the Pride. The Pride is the Lions Guide community for growth-minded members like you. Once signed up, you'll get special access to all the free content and resources I'm putting out there. You'll also be invited to join my live online events where I host sessions on personal growth and high performance. You'll also be able to engage with other growth-minded members on our private online group. Also, if you enjoy the podcast as a member, you'll get access not only to all the podcasts, but also the podcasts that have been yet to be released. So get access to all this and more. So break out of that rut, break into your next level and join me on lionsguide.com and let's grow together. Go to lionsguide.com and become a member of the pride today. Now back to the show. I came up small and I was aspiring for it until I had it, right? Like when I was coming up, like, man, I want that. You see, you know, like I, I wasn't that kid with the nice shoes. I saw all the other damn kids had them, had the nice, the Jordans and all that stuff. And I'm kind of like hiding my shit so they don't see what I'm wearing. And, and I, but, but in my head going, I'm going to, I'm going to have, I'm going to have them watch. And I went and got it. And then when I got to that point though, this is, this is what came about it. Yeah. It was Craig hit. It. it was the congruency. Like I wasn't congruent with all of that and recognize like, Hey man, I like simple. I want, I'm a keep it simple, stupid guy. And, and look, people with the ego, they love to take advantage of that, right? Cause they want to f- flare. They want to like keep score and, and all that. But, you know, to, you know, to RJ's point earlier, like that's just a mental discipline thing to say, Hey man, that's a game I'm not playing. You're, I, and I've said this to people, Hey, you're keeping score in a game that I'm not playing. Like, you know, like you're, 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 you're keeping tabs on my score in a game that I'm not playing. And that's the truth. And, but I had to learn that because there, sure, a decade I spent, what can I get? How can I get it? And, um, it's just, it, but the mental, the, the mental fatigue is true. Yeah. Do you think people have to come at that? Like everyone has to come at that through their own process. Like, do you think like it's all well and good for us because we've gone through what we needed to go through. But do you think that if someone doesn't go through it themselves, they would be looked at as like, let's say, lazy 
for instance, us three, we can have this conversation and people watching this would be like, oh, well, that makes sense because these guys had it and they have it. And now they've, you know, through their own wisdom and journey. But if we had like, you know, three 20 year olds on this call talking about like, man, you know, stuff isn't cool. Like, do you, do you get what I'm saying? Like, because society would be like, well, what the, f-? you know what I mean? Like, what do you, what's your view yeah. on that? And that's why I brought up the part that I was chasing it because I saw it, right? I saw people around me like that had money, had these things, and I'm going, I'm going to get there, right? I'm going to go get that. And and that maybe directionally set me on a a focus-driven path to go have success. What what was shown to me as success, right? Like, and, and Craig said this, right? I was chasing someone else's blueprint. And so I'll, I'll credit his point, right? I chase someone else's blueprint with, with, with regard to like, um, you know, material success, um, until I realized that just, there was no intentionality there. Right. And that, that, you know, I had these things for why, for why, like, and just having them and just wasn't congruent me. And I think people should have those things that are important to them. Like if you're like, if you're into cars and you, and it's a passion of yours and you want to buy that, do it because, what are we talking about? At the end of the day, it's joy. But if you have 16 cars just to tell people you have them, but you never drive them and you don't know crap about them, you're just, you know, again, they're, it, it's it's that uh, you're, you're putting up that highlight reel type of stuff, um, you know, but as opposed to the passion thing, that's where the joy element comes in. So I, I don't know. I mean, and I think like it's, to the people that uh, are there playing that game, what I've noticed is when I speak up and go, "Hey, no, nah, I don't really drink, man," or "No, nah, I don't, I don't go out. I get, I get up at, I get up at four. Um, In those circles, like there's sidebar conversations that come up. Like, yeah, man, Always. you know, man, yeah. I, yeah. How, how long you been running? You know, what do you do? What do you? And they, you know, these little side because um, those convers they're not used to having those conversations sometimes, right? You know, they're not used to someone saying, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to a club, you know, after the conference, I'm going to, I'm going to go dial in, you know, I want to get up and run in the morning or I want to get up and go check out this, whatever in the city or whatever. Um, they go, huh? You know, I was at a conference, uh, maybe it was last year and I wasn't drinking. And, uh, that was a thing. Like someone was like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't drink, man. And I had like a Heineken zero or whatever. And then it turned, you, you're drinking a what? Why do you drink that? And that, that person had never heard it. Like the expectation was you're at these conferences. It's a, it's a happy hour. You're supposed to be drinking. We're supposed to be getting drunk. Where's everybody going at? Like, I was like, nah, you yeah, know, good. And it was, so there's that element that we had the opportunity to provide some influence, like a counterpoint to this, the, 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 um, a different shine a light on this because they're, because we're outnumbered in regard, right? Like there's everyone playing that game, trying to keep up with the highlight reel on the socials. Um, and there's an opportunity to tell a different story that some people probably, I, I mean, RJ, I'm sure you get it from the podcast. Like I get people going, yeah, man, I'm glad you said something about you don't drink. That's cool. You know, I don't, whatever. And, and I would get that type of feedback because it makes them think that, yeah, there is an opportunity to maybe be different, you know? I th- you know what comes up for me when you say that is that the people, those sidebar conversations are the people who are starting to realize that they're living somebody else's blueprint, mm-hmm. that they're stuck maybe on that golden treadmill. And then they see a different opportunity and they want to inquire about it. And even the fact that they're inquiring like, hey, you don't drink, that is an anomaly. And the funny thing, I haven't actually had a drink since um, the first week of June last year. 
And, you know, I would say that I definitely had an alcohol problem before being arrested by the FBI. Um, afterwards, I, I feel like I was managed it really well. I don't do it because I can't write the next day. Mm -hmm. That's the only, I was like, I'm no, it screws up my writing. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. And it opens up such a different level of conversation where that person will be more open to not letting the ego drive the bus. Yeah. Saying, wow, there's a different, there's a different way than what I think. And I think it takes a lot of courage actually for that person to, to have that sidebar conversation. And because it's so easy to follow the crowd, to follow all the other lemmings and, you know, to, to break off and, you know, inquire what they do with that information is a different story. But I think yeah. even starting that conversation is it's got to start with some level of awareness and we can open up that door by just showing a different option. I find myself trying to curate, particularly with my son, we spend a lot of time and I know Dale, you, you do this with your, with your, with your son as well. You guys go hunting and stuff. And like, I, I get on the trail with my son and I'm slowly trying to curate a part of him that realizes that the world does give you real accolades for being independent and running your own race. Mm. Because what I'm trying to do, and I think we're all at a stage where our, our environment has given us positive reinforcement for running our own race. We have built that sense now into our identity that we are people that run our own race. We're not pulled by an environment and somewhere in our journey, we've gotten positive feedback. These little conversations, these sidebar conversations, the stuff that you guys know what I'm talking about. It gives us a real sense of confidence, not that fake bullshit, mm. that ego inflation. I'm talking about when you know you stand firm and what you believe in when 80 other people are doing the same shit with all the other sheep and you're standing firm in your belief system and then people are coming to you and saying, well, how do you do that? That, that kind of fuels the fire. Mm -hmm. And I know what I'm trying to do with my kids and you know, the, cause the peer influence is going to be pulling out and telling them, Hey, come here, be a sheep with us. This is where coolness is, right? This is where, you know, if you do what we do and you look like us and you act like us and you have the same shoes and they're going to fight that battle. And what I'm trying to do one-on-one, -on -one, particularly with my son right now, because he's conscious, is fuel that fire of independence and really start to build that sense of confidence in where it's at, son, is when you're able to stand in your own shoes, march to your own drum Sure, be involved, help, add value. You can be and you can support the crowd whilst not having to be in the crowd. Mm -hmm. And I think I think it's it's important that individuals that are on a path start to get a sense of uh, they to to get to this place that we're talking about isn't an overnight process. People need to see value in being independent and in being not part of the crowd. A lot of people that try to get off the alcohol, one of their biggest concerns is how am I going to socialize? How am I going to socialize? 
how am I going to go to my daughter's wedding, which is going to happen in 30 years, right? Because she's like two, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but you guys get, you guys get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Well, I think what's so interesting about that is that society definitely celebrates the independence, but we celebrate the, the final product. Yeah. We, the we process. Don't, yes. We don't, we don't focus on the process of it. Yes. And that process means that we're kind of leaving the tribe. If yes. you will. And we're so damn concerned about what the tribe is going to do. It's only when we hit that certain level, then all of a sudden we are awarded. But to decide to do that is one of the most frightening things that we have to yes. do because we're no longer in the tribe. And Stephen, Stephen Pressfield, author, um, amazing author, he talks about this and he says, you know, we're so concerned about what the tribe thinks. Here's a little story for you. The tribe doesn't give a shit. Mm. They're all concerned about themselves. themselves. Yeah. They're all concerned about themselves. They don't really care what you're going to go off and do. But it's so hard to take that leap to to take that different path because it's so uncommon. But it's weird. It's such a paradox that we we celebrate the final product, but not that initial decision to to seek that. That's kind of where, what I think. And I think that's such a challenge and why it's so easy to fall into the sheep. Tall poppy, I think, plays a part in that, too. Right. Like, it, it, I mean, like when people, people that we know or people start to walk, when you start to walk your own path, those in our inner circle, in terms of, let's say, let's say family, for instance, that don't have the same values as this will start to look at as weird. What are you doing? Right. Why are you doing that? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then once you get there, you, you see, because that that's the thing, like people, they're their own insecurities and the mirror gets held up once you start to embark on that journey. Yeah. And then people see the end result and they're just like, Oh, that fucker was lucky or, you know, or whatever, whatever. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? That is kind of how it is, man. Yeah. No. It, it, and it's right. It's, it's, um, I tell people today, you know, like, Hey, you're going to make changes for the better and the crabs in a bucket are going to try to yes. pull you in. They're going to, they're going to say things to you and they make you feel bad about it. And then a, a year from now, when you're firing on all cylinders and you got all this good stuff going for you, those same people are going, Hey man, how'd you do that? What, 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 what did, you know, those same people, they come back, not all of them, but, but it happens. Sometimes they come back around going, Hey man, I, I saw what, what they, I mean, it was the same dude that was hating on you six months ago. Now he's seeing what's going on. He's seeing some success or, or your happiness or whatever. And maybe they'll, they too will kind of break out, but you, but yeah, you're right, RJ. It comes back to the discipline, but, but what we're talking about the courage to be different, you know, because it is so easy to be comfortable today. It's so easy to, to uh, be mediocre and still survive and get get your means met and all that stuff and it takes a ton of courage to kind of step out of that 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 herd so to speak and and try and again i'm going to say this be different for you like for the right reason not be different for the sake of be different and stand out and all that that because that's a whole other side that's yeah, a whole that's other true. like yeah. incongruence that you find yourself you're like you did something to get attention you got the attention and now you keep running down that path and that wasn't you either you know what i mean so there's that <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a lot of suspicions about a lot of people online with that today but you know a lot of people in general frankly but um but you know but the courage to be congruent with your own passions your own desires right not sacrificing you know your own passions and desires out of fear of what people are going to think about you or or say about it or or, or look, yeah, and root for your failure. 
right? Mm -hmm. I've been around the people that the crabs in a bucket that are rooting for you to fail so you can get back in a bucket with them. I've been around the people that uh, they want to see you be successful so long as you're not more successful than they are. Um, you know, it, it's they're there. They're they're all around you. And you know what? And that's that's why some of my stuff today, like the whole like you know, let your courage reign, sharpen your sword and all that. Like, that's where that comes from, man. Like, fuck them, sharpen your sword, know what you want and and go get it. Like, they're not going to give it, they're not going to give it to you. And you're going to know who's going to help you, who's going to contribute, contribute to it. So go get it. Like, you know, go get it, man. You're going to, you're going to hate yourself if you don't. What I think people don't realize is that a rising tide lifts all boats. It does. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. Yeah. We'll stick with the cliches all day because they're, they're, yeah. they're right. It's true. They're, those people start to come up, you know, um, when you start being the good change in your circle, like the, the drinking circle, like, and you're the one going, Hey guys, I'm working on this and you're welcome to join me if you want. I'm not, I'm not going out tonight. I'm gonna get up and go run tomorrow morning. I want to, I want to do something about this. You're welcome to join me. You know, otherwise you guys have fun, right? It's, and don't make it, you know, don't play the, it, it, RJ knows this, I, you, you both know this, right? Like the the drinking thing, once you stop drinking, they make it about them, right? Oh man, you don't want to hang on me? No, I don't want to drink. Like, you know, you, you can come, do, come with me, but they make it about them. Like they, you, you, when you start doing these things, you throw off a mirror, you know, that it, RJ actually said this, right? You throw up that mirror where they start, your positive actions, they take offense to it. You know, like it's some sort of reflection on them or by you trying to do better for yourself is some sort of judgment on them. Right. And, you know, you got to have that habit. Say, hey, man, no, I'm sorry you feel that way. Just no, it's not about you. It's about me. I, I'm doing this for me, you know, and just own it. And keep that people, people, yeah, you know, over the years and, you know, I've done I've been and had and been done to so many events. Right. Like we had a, a you know, even with clients, we we're on a boat on a yacht and, you know, in Christmas and I probably was the loudest one singing and acting the fool, didn't eat alcohol, lost my voice, but you're right. Like the next morning, 6am I'm running around the Sydney Harbor and everyone's dusty, right? And that day I flying home, I'm straight into the family. And for me, and I think for those, particularly if you want to talk about alcohol, what you start to realize is that those next days when you can wake up from, you know, doing an event, you added value in that event, you knew what you said, you knew how you conducted yourself. For me, I get messy. I don't know what I say, who I offend, you know, like I do all kinds of crazy shit when I know I didn't do, when I know I didn't do that and I'm able the next day to get up and still conduct myself. Like for me, that, that value nothing, you know, no wonderful, magical night, you know, full, full of alcohol could derive that level of value and just utility of when you have a family as well, right? Like you get older, right? Like what, with the hangover, you know, resenting that hangover. I got a good friend. He said, successful drinking is in not resenting the hangover. That's some wisdom there. But like, you know, like I couldn't do that. Like I would resent the hangover, right? Like, and I would, you know, and I just think, yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing. So I'm with you guys. I'm with you guys. And that rising tide brings up all boats. Like, you know, the, the biggest one there is like your family. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like for us, it's so important to be the behavior we want to see. Yeah. Something that when I notice from family or friends saying, you know, in a sense, you can't do that. And you start saying that I'm going to write a book or I'm going to be a speaker. It's like, you have a criminal record. Have you ever written a book? You don't know what to do. You know, they'll say it sometimes very directly. Sometimes it's a little bit 
passive aggressive of how, how are you going to begin? And it's not, you know, it's not meant in real inquiry, <laughs> but it's meant as, well, how, how, how are you going to start this? And what I've come to realize is there's, there's a litany of things that people are actually saying when they say that you can't do this. And it really is, I don't know how. I wish I had the courage to do what you're doing. Your success is a mirror of my failures. We keep going back to that mirror because I think it really is. You're showing me where I'm falling short in my own life. Uh, you know, they could be even saying, take me with you. There are just a laundry list of things. And now when I see people, you know, doing less and less people are doing that in my life. Um, but if anybody ever does, I actually realize that it's coming from a place of fear and I can feel empathy for them because they're, they're operating from somebody else's blueprint with the desire to do more and they just don't know how. And I can actually have that empathy and compassion for them and, 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 and try to bring them along, but you can't, can't force it if, it, if they're not willing. And look, man, uh, you also don't need to justify yourself, right? True. Like there's that too. Like, you know, I, and I just say that generally for the folks that might run into this adversity, like you don't need to explain yourself to anyone, you know, as far, if you're doing the right things for yourself, you've got the courage to jump on that path towards your, your, the proper goals, desires, and passions that you have for yourself. And you're on that path and people are challenging you, like you owe them some sort of explanation for the sake of debating the choices you're, that you're making. Just know you don't, I'm not saying you have to be an asshole, but sometimes you got to go, Hey man, I just, I appreciate your feedback, you know, good. Roger that. <laughs> just keep going. You don't, you don't need to, right? It's the equivalent of like a political debate on Facebook, right? You don't need to have that conversation. You can just keep your eye on the prize, trying to prove yourself to them. Where does that fit in the contribution to your end game? It doesn't, it, it, it right. It doesn't fit in the, you know, let just watch and watch and see what happens. Um, RJ, I know you got short time. Yeah. Any, uh, any saving parts you want to? No, boys, I want to do this again. Uh, sorry for leaving early. I, as I said earlier, I've got a, we do a, a boot camp for the staff on Tuesdays and Fridays and I'm out there running it. So I don't want to leave the ladies high and dry. They got their yoga mats and their bands and we're ready to go and go kick their ass out there. Ready to get some burpees bit. in? Yeah. I make them do burpees. Some of them got bad knees and shit. So they do jumping jacks or whatever, but really appreciate you guys. I love this. Let's do it again. This is great. I really yeah, we really got to have part two. We didn't even get into what Craig wanted to talk about, which is like the tactical habits that we're doing. We've, but look, I think this is the foundation, right? Like it starts yeah. with the, the high performer mindset and the challenges that you're going to face in the transition. So I thought it's been great. So Well, let's do this again, boys. Let's collaborate and get on this. Yeah. All right. Thanks, RJ. Good seeing you. RJ, have a great day. I, th I think that we, you know, I mean, three of us have a depth of knowledge we could just, you know, we could talk about a lot of different things and go really deep on it. And it's funny that we, you're right. I think we had to establish a little bit of that mindset before we even talked about the very granular pieces of those habits. Well, I think we know, right? We can, we can jump straight into get up at 4 a.m. and have your 45 minute or hour and a half workout and read every day and write every day. Like we could have jumped straight there. But I think all of us know better, right? It yeah. it's just not flipping a switch. You got to have your head right first, and you got to know, uh, you know, one we've talked about the intentionality and in, in the why and all that stuff. But um, it is a transition, right? It's you've got to kind of get some roots in and and kind of have a have a game plan, and and some of that game plan includes like how to deal with some of the adversity 
uh, that you face in this, um, personally and, you know, socially or whatever. It is. It's a challenge. If all of a sudden you decide that you want to start getting up at 5 a.m. to go working out and that's going to impact going out with friends, a lot of stuff's going to, like we talked about, a lot of stuff is going to come up. And how do you do that? And how do you navigate that so you can actually connect with what you want to do? And it's important, I would say, one of the things that I'm fortunate of, just kind of bouncing around this a little bit, is that my... um my wife will jump on board with me, you know, and she'll be like, you're doing what? Like it started with uh, 75 hard. Um, I ended up doing that. I was just kind of hearing a lot about it. and just want to challenge myself. And, you know, you got to have that conversation. Like in one thing, like jumping to relationships, you got to have good communication. You got to fill in your, your, your significant other on what your goals and things are that you're doing. Right. You know, and um, you won't get in the Six high performance relationships today, but um, the but you know I had that conversation. Said, hey, you know um, this thing's been rolling around, and I think I'm going to start this 75 hard. So for the next 75 days, here's the things that I'm going to have to do, and just want to kind of give you a heads up. Uh, and and kind of told her my game plan. Like, hey, I thought this out. You know, I see these next 75 days. It looks like I can get it done. You know, here's how it would impact me and us or whatever. And and like her response is like. Cool, I'll do it too. And then it was like, okay, now it's on. Now, now it's not as opposed to, right? Um, you know, and, and what I'm talking about is getting your circle up, right? Like in 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 yeah. as opposed to that circle going, you're doing what? What do you mean? You're not gonna drink, you're not gonna, you're gonna be getting up early. Like, what do I gotta you're gonna be waking me up, you know, uh, I'm not gonna see you, you're not gonna be fun to hang with, right? Like, oh, that's a part of it, you know. So yeah, and I think that's so important. It's not necessarily that we want somebody to jump on board with us, which is amazing. I think it's incredible that your wife jumped right on that. I think that's, you know, that's awesome. But to just be, you know, how can I support you? Or, it, you know, at a bare minimum, that's that sounds incredible. It's not for me, but I love that you're doing it. Right. You know, just, you know, it's like kind of that honest feedback and communication and like lifting up that circle and really calling out the people that are going to go, Oh, that make it, like you said, about them. Yeah. Oh, you can't hang a, out it's anymore. It's a source of, yeah, it's a source of friction, right? You know, it's already yeah. like the transition's already hard enough. And now right out of the gate, you're running into this, this friction, this pushback, this headwind that doesn't necessarily need to be there. So it's good to like, um, you know, make sure, um, you know, who the right circle is, right, right. You know, those supporters, um, that you need and the sports that you don't need, you know, those are the nice yeah. to have. So it would be nice that, you know, my drinking buddy would support me not drinking, which odds are, you know, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, but that's okay. Cause he's not a contributor to this mission in, in, in a way. Right. So, right. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, it's so important. I'm just thinking it's funny as we're talking, my, um, my girlfriend's going for a swim, you know, that is her, that's her physical activity. Um, that yoga Pilates, which is a huge swimmer, not my cup of tea, but it's like, how can I help you? Can I take you to the pool? You know, whatever it may be. It's just like, you do you, she doesn't go to the gym. That's not her thing. She supports me in that. It's just having that, like we keep saying, just that support. It just makes yeah. it easier. It just makes it easier. And having that mindset for when you don't have the support, how you work through that. And you really... You nailed it when you said we don't have to justify ourselves to anybody. I had um, a coach that I worked with for a while who used to say, you don't know anybody's shit. Mm -hmm. That was just, you know, when I was talking about explanations, she's like, you don't know anybody's shit. 
Yeah. You know, tiny, tiny little woman just would slam down that hammer of you don't. And it's just so liberating and freeing that we, you know, we don't have to justify ourselves. We're on the path that we want to be. And we're, we're adding joy to our own life. And I think if we're being of service to the world, it's very hard to question that. And we don't have to justify that to other people. Yeah. And it comes down to that, you know, integrity and courage, integrity to live congruently with the things that you want from yourself or those, those personal freedoms or those passions. Um, that's the integrity piece. Cause people don't need to know, right. That you're not living congruently with your desires, right? Like you can hide that all day, you know? And, um, so that's an integrity thing, right? Like doing what's right, even when no one's looking like integrity is the part, like the things you're doing that other people don't know about or couldn't know about. Right. So, um, and then there's the courage piece to do it when people are watching, you know, when they're going to see you, you know, and they're going to see you, you know, win, lose or draw, you know, so to speak. And so I think both those things are really, really vital to a transformation like this and to get into, you know, a high performer, you know, lifestyle. And I think, it, um, I'd love to know your thoughts. I think you, yeah, I think you'll tend to agree, but it's clarity, you know, it really starts with the awareness and the clarity of what it is that you want to build, how yep. you want to feel, and then building the structures and the habits around that. You know, what is going to support that? I want to, I w- using the cars that you mentioned before, you have a passion for cars, you know, I want to restore a car. Okay, what are the structures I can put around that? Why do I want to do that? What can I do? I need to save money. I need a garage. I need these tools. Like, you know, and I could do it from two to four on Sundays, whatever it may be. But, you know, getting that crystal clear clarity and a why and building the infrastructure to support it. Yeah, um, 100%, right? That's, that's you know, the the courage, clarity, leadership stuff in, in my brand is not by accident. I feel like, you know, you've got to establish that clarity. You've got to know what your vision is. You've got to know what, like, you, what skills do you need to enact that vision? What, you know, what's the truth of the matter, right? Where do you stand in relation to this goal, right? And, and what, in and, and being honest with yourself and others about it, um, you know, and then the more clarity you get, that's where your confidence comes from, right? Like, you know, to your point about writing a book, right? before you knew what the process was, it's probably a scary thought, right? Like I have to go write a book, but whew, I have no idea how that's, and, and there's a, a lack of confidence because you don't have a clarity on the process. However, probably that f- the first conversation you had with someone who said, this is how you do it. This is what the process looks like. You go, oh, oh, I can do this, right? Like almost probably right away, you you get that clarity and boom, here comes the confidence. Now, with the confidence starts to come the courage. And they're, they're two different things because the confidence, you can have confidence and not act, right? And the, the action come the courage gives you um, the strength to act on it, right? So you, ha- you knew what you wanted. You got the clarity on how it happens. Now you got the confidence that you can do it. And now you have the courage to start marching down that path to get it done. Can I, can I, um, I'm going to interject something into that formula. Um, I think self-trust, self-trust to me is absolutely imperative. I would almost put that in between confidence and courage because you really, you know, courage is taking that leap into Mm -hmm. the unknown. And I believe my definition of self-trust is not that things are going to work out. Okay. It is if no matter what happens, you know, that you'll be okay. Yeah. Even if things go sideways, you know, you'll be okay. And that to me is self-trust. And that's what really enables that courage to happen. 
Because even if things go absolutely sideways, it's going to suck for a little bit. It's going to be a little painful, but you know you'll be okay. You, you know that you can pick yourself up off the ground. And when you know you'll be okay, then you can take that leap. Uh, yeah. And it goes a little bit back to the minimalist stuff. Like the more crap you have to spin plates for, you know, the more risk you have of, of loss, even in your head, whether sometimes it is real financial loss or whatever. But, you know, uh, the more complicated you have things, all these, you know, houses that you have mortgaged and the car loans and the, the credit cards and all that stuff, um, it, the more things you have to be accountable to, let's say, um, the harder it is to take those risks because to your point, like that feeling of, oh, it'll be okay. You've got a whole lot more to account for, you know, uh, in that regard. And I think that's a that's another part thing to to affirm your statement there is that you know having that personal freedom that yeah i could take this risk and fail on my face and i'm gonna be all right you know <laughs> but as opposed to like man i don't know i got all these bills and if i go chase my dream or go, to go to school and learn this no trade because i want to but i i know the pay will be less on the other side and i got this house and you know what i mean and, and boom 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 here comes the card stacked against you yep yeah it becomes very hard to take that first step yeah. And yeah. next to impossible. So, well, I think uh, we probably should wrap it up on this one and agree to hunt RJ down and follow back up and do a part two to this because because we can get into like the tactics. But, you know, I think like let's save round two and jump into some tactical stuff you know, around routines. And I would love that because honestly, I have um, I have a personal curiosity, like what your day looks like. I have an idea because you and I have spoken several times. But I, I would love to get a little granular on your day and RJ's day, um, yeah. honestly, just to um, yeah, almost selfishly, uh, just for my own curiosity and how can I improve my day? Maybe what am I missing? What can I honestly, I want to learn from you guys. Yeah, I mean, that's Good. as simple as that. So I think that would be I would love to have a part two on this getting a little bit granular. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think it's great, and and uh, but I, yeah, I love I love how we kind of set the foundation though, so we can start now. We can start building, right? We know all the yep. the things we got to be thinking about, and and the the okays, right? That it's okay, man. It's okay to you know. I, I was talking on a workshop the other day as an example. Um, you know, one of my high performance leaders, um, really just in stride with growth, and they're making the they're making this, and I've heard it so many times. But, you know, I don't know, I, I, the people I was hanging out with before, you know, don't want to hang out with me now because we're not about the same things anymore. Right. He, they've chosen, like we've talked about the whole thing. And I said, man, here's the thing, dude. And I'm not saying this judgy or any other way, but like your, your circle may get smaller, but the quality will go up. Right. Like, and that is okay, right? You can have a big crappy circle <laughs> or you might have a smaller quality circle. And and but that's that's just because the like the masses are kind of against it's that that whole mediocrity mindset. Like we're so comfortable these days. It's so easy to just be that bobber in the ocean and bob around and you know what you're looking forward to on Fridays, where you're gonna be and you know, who you're trying to pick up and all that crap. Um, it's easy to live that life, man. So yeah, your circle will get smaller, it'll just get better. We settle, we settle for breadcrumbs when the entire loaf is literally right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, just, it's within reach and we settle for breadcrumbs. Yeah. You know, 100%. it's just, it's, it's teach their own. <laughs> yeah. And look, but, but at the same time, you'll like, 
we've mentioned this too, like, but you will influence them, right? For the better that you're, you know, and that's where the leadership fact comes in. Like leadership, you don't have to be in charge of someone to lead them, you know, by way of your influence and your example and your result in joy and health and the things that, you know, and happiness and all that, like that, that influences people. And that's like we talked about earlier, that's when those people who are, you know, holding out on you or pulling on you now will come back around and start asking you some questions. And now you, now that circle kind of, comes back again a little bit because i think that freedom and peace that you you get when you're really connected with that that just um it creates an energy and a light you know now that just radiates to people that people are drawn to and they just can't help but see and it's just like you know it's it's like how did you do that how did you you know how did you do that i want to i have to know and that's you know that's it's just that ripple effect but it takes some time sometimes for them to come back around it does. It does. And that's okay. It's, but again, you gotta, you gotta keep your eye on your prize, man. Um, yeah. and, and make those changes and have the courage to do it. And, and yeah, you know, so uh, I think it's been an awesome chat, man. So, uh, good. So we'll, uh, we'll hop off for now and, uh, we'll round up RJ and we'll, we'll get another round two in. Oh, I love it. All right. Thanks, man. Good talk to you. Thank you, Dale. Yeah.